Praise be Jesus Christ. Praise be Slava Jesus Christo. Please be seated. At that moment, the servant got better. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My dear brothers in Christ and sisters, we see three points in today's Gospel. There's probably many more that we would like to discuss with you in our homily this morning. First of all, the head of the household. So, uh, in our society, there is not much, well, I shouldn't say there, it doesn't appear to be, there's a lot of respect for the head of a household. And we've got to remember that uh, the majority of your experience as you're growing up and you become mature is you're dealing with the head of the household some way. It's also important to realize that the head of our household is God. So the head of the household in this case was a reflective person. He had a servant who was ill. Now, it's a good point that he was a servant because we can think, well, a servant is dispensable. We can get rid of a servant and get another one. But not if he's the head of the household. Time was that <clears throat> people would have different people living with them. So you might have a boarder who works and boards and lives with you and pays you a fee for that privilege, or board, room and board, they used to call it. That was very common in the 1930s and 40s where a living wage could not necessarily provide you with rent and owning a house and all of these things. Uh, it changed a little bit in, um, after World War II because uh, due to the war and the rebuilding of things and selling a lot of things, the economy did take a jump. Before that, we were in difficulty, our economy. We're struggling to get out of the depression at 29. When the depression hits, what happens is your money deflates if you have it. And there are many movies about the depression. You can look for them and see what they said. People were selling apples for a nickel on the corner doing various things. Many people were begging for their food. And many churches had soup kitchens. We still have soup kitchens in big cities like Seattle. 
feeding the poor at least one meal a day. In all these uh, examples I give you, somebody feels responsibility for the members of his household. Young man in my parish, St. John's, talked about him before. He's only 30 years old. He got pretty sick. And he was staying with, uh, he was a renter with a family in the parish. They took care of him. And he had a garden there, which he had a, liked to work in a lot. And uh, he was very sick. He went to the hospital, so I went with Brother Pater. And I anointed him. He's still crying to me. And that was about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. By the time I got back, he, he was supposed to go home that day. And he did go home, and he fell asleep in the Lord. And of course, in this case, I don't know who his relatives were or who had the obligation to take care of his mortal remains, but I'm sure he'll be taken care of. So the head of a household is not just responsible for his wife and children, but for other people who live with him. In my family, we always had other people especially in mother's family. And I remember when I was working one summer at the Catholic Youth Organization in Michigan, I'd go out there, and had a summer job there when I was in seminary. Eventually I had to come back closer because they didn't like me so far away in the summer. <clears throat> and there was a gentleman there, he was a school teacher, and uh, his, he'd lost his mother when he was a child. And his father, who was a, I think it was a pharmacist, he got a housekeeper for them to keep house and feed the children, take care of things. And uh, the children grew up, were all on their own, and he was there. And, they t took care of her until she fell asleep in the Lord, because he took care of his household. He didn't look someplace to put her away or something like that today. You're too much of a burden, they put you in some home of some type. And sometimes that's not very satisfactory. I get phone calls about that from different people. It's nice when you're always with, living with a family. Now in the story today in the Gospel, he was taking care of his servant. In a very special way. And the servant, it says in the Gospel, trusted in him. But it also says they, in, they trusted in God. They knew that God would take care of them. And I would like, because they had trust, 
I would like to say they had faith. I would like a different translation of that line. We have faith because God who made us and put us in this world, we trust in him. And we believe if we do our part with God, he has to care for us, even if we die. In the gospel, it says, even if you die, you shall live. That's the trust we have in God, and it's his revelation. Trust is a very, very important thing, a quality, shall we call it, of life. So a husband goes out of the house in the morning, goes to work, and when he expects to find when he comes home that the house will be in order, his children will be okay, and his wife will be okay. He trusts in them. And we should have respect for those who are in charge. Now today is a phenomenon that people, children try to be in charge, and uh, sometimes there's not much order in the household. Or your family puts you in charge of somebody else, like boarding schools or other relatives. But they have responsibility for you. Sometimes you have someone you watch over, a friend or something, and you have responsibility towards that friendship. So once in a while, one of us falls asleep in the Lord, and somebody's left. So I remember when my mother fell asleep in the Lord, I was devastated. I wondered how I was going to get to the funeral, but I did okay. And she had a beautiful crowd. I even gave a sermon about her. And uh, I thought about other priests in similar circumstances. They tell me they've known a priest that just could not bury their parents. But I thought that was my obligation. And they were buried in style. They were buried in a holy place where prayer is said every day in a monastery. I felt that they were they would be held up in prayer before God by the holy sisters that had that monastery. And I asked them, they said, Well, that's true as long as we last, the monastery lasts. They'll pray for those deceased people. It's a great responsibility to pray for the deceased. Not to say, well, they're gone and my responsibility has ended. It has not ended. Your prayer must accompany them on their journey to the royal doors of heaven other things you should see is that once in a while, you know, a Catholic, when they're sick, 
they usually get what's called the last rites. The last rites is a proper name. It's really the anointing of the sick and uh, Holy Communion. Holy Communion is the food for the journey. And if you die in a state of grace, you're going to go to heaven. So you have a responsibility to make sure that those we love or in care, uh, first of all, try to get them to be in the Catholic faith, and secondly, that they have the sacraments, if you really love them. If you don't feel, well, I can't do anything about it, well, you can do things about it. First, by your good example, by your prayer, and your concern for them. I'm very fortunate. All my family received one or two uncles who were not Catholic, received the last rites, and both my un-Catholic, one of my un-Catholic uncles, I buried him. The other one, I don't know what happened to him. They did not keep in contact with me, as although I tried to keep in contact with them. I still pray for them. The other thing, the responsibility to pray for them, see they have the sacraments, and to get the, they get the last rites. Then holy Christian burial. As you know, I've told you before, I don't like cremation. I don't know if the soul feels that or not. But other things we do affects the soul, so that might do so too. Well, you say, well, they are deteriorate anyway, and you put them in the earth. I says, yes. And we consecrate the earth we put them in. And I've already told you my grandfather's story. The earth is our mother. And we come from the earth. We must return to our mother, the earth, and be blessed there, and our souls go to heaven. Very Eastern and very Eastern European. Because people have trust in us. The other thing is if you inherit things from them, be careful what you do with them, especially their money. Don't just blow it. Do it something worthwhile. If you don't want the responsibility, uh, give it to a charity. You need it for the family, they would like you to use it for the family. You need to go to school, they would like that. You can assume their best intention when you receive something at their death. We have a lot of trust, you know. I go downtown and I have a guy work on my car, costs a small fortune. And I trust he's not cheating me. I trust he's an honest businessman. People we trust are those who live by the Ten Commandments especially. Because, you know, you can't do business or get along anyway if you're tied up with a liar or a thief. They can ruin your lives. So I had a parishioner in St. John's, a pretty smart fellow. He, ran, he started a company, and he had some of his fellows uh, 
he knew, worked with him in the company, and they sold the company and left him high and dry. That's called grand theft. But I imagine if you're an officer in that company, you can get away with that. I think we couldn't cross the street if we didn't believe the lights were, were, were true, were green or red. We couldn't get in a car if we didn't think that people driving around us were sane. We could not buy groceries because they might be poisoned. Trust is basic to life, but especially it's basic to heaven. So put your trust in God and pray like everything depends upon you and make your journey keeping the Ten Commandments, the rules for the journey to our Heavenly Father. Trust in Him. Trust in His Son who sent to save us. Trust in the Holy Spirit with His gifts flows in your heart. Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen.